Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Good afternoon to you. Really great to be here with you on this Thursday afternoon. It is the 23rd of November. And you are Nadine Blaney. I am. And I'm Juliet Sally. She great is. to have you with us on what has been a gloomy day for Sydney weather and a gloomy day for market. It sure has. In fact, when you look at the market performance, in fact, it is um, really disappointing when you consider that we've really underperformed Asian markets. That's actually one of the key themes today. Um, well into negative territory, Jules. And part of that reason, of course, is because we've seen the iron ore price come off. So we've seen a lot of weight coming through on the, the mining sector in particular. Yeah, and indeed that the fall from oil as well, the Brent benchmark around $81, say that three times fast. Um, <laughs> OPEC Plus, of course, pushing out that meeting by a few days to discuss production cuts. And that coupled with the drop in Singapore iron ore futures, as you mentioned, really weighing on the material space. So the ASX 200 off by about 44 points, 7,029 as we head into match off. All right. So we will watch the last of the day's trades come through. We'll be watching Origin Energy, I dare say, for quite some time mm. because, of course, we've got this battle going on. And when Origin came out of the trading hall today, we have seen shares rally. So let's get to some of those top corporate stories of the day and see how those share prices have reacted. So what we've seen happening with Origin is we've got it deferring a shareholder vote on the proposed acquisition of the company by the Brookfield-led Consortium of Investors to December 4th. That vote, as you know, was supposed to take place this afternoon. So initially, Origin shares did rally, but we have seen them come back by just about the same amount. Yeah, and really interesting that, you know, the $9.53 original offer, we've now got Origin at eight twenty-seven. You saw quite a lot of a sell down earlier in the week mm -hmm. too. So that was really just the market saying, look, this is not going to get across the line. So your people, the Canadians, may not be able to break Origin up, it oh, seems. Oh, I don't think that they will be happy because if you recall, this um, takeover came to light, I guess around this time last year. It came out of nowhere. There weren't rumors in the market about it. You know, I remember speaking to people at the time I'm saying what you know nobody nobody even got whispers of this one mm. and uh, look there's so much back and forth but you know the super funds are involved as everybody well knows but also just a lot of shareholder calls for origins board to instead break it up and sell off those assets so APLNG the retail business and octopus energy in the UK which is obviously so key. Yeah. Let's have a look at AMP as well. It had a really good day yesterday. Another 6.8% gain today. The company announcing it's paying $100 million to existing financial planners as part of this proposed settlement over its payout policy where it lost that class action over that. And uh, of course, there had been quite a lot of speculation as to how uh, shareholders would react. And we are seeing some buying amidst, I guess, the certainty of that action being over. Opposite, though, for Nick Scali. So what we've seen is the founder selling down 
some shares. So Anthony Scali selling $50 million worth of shares via UBS, but you know what the Twitter sphere is alight with, or X, what do we call it? X, Anyways, yeah. whatever. Um, just saying, why is he selling now at uh, $10 per share? What does he see coming? I mean, Nick Scully has come through this consumer slowdown so well, mm. but is there something in the horizon? Of course, founders, CEOs, execs, they always say that they're selling to, you know, buy a property. Well, that was so interesting because I was just chatting, <laughs> chatting to Jason Tay about the same thing with Domino's because the share, the, the CEO there sold something like $8 million worth of shares. And Jason rightly pointed out, you know what? He can, he can sell what he wants. He can sell yeah. what he wants, but the market always does take it as a signal. I've spoken to so many fund managers who've said, I don't like it yes. when this happens. Helios, so terrible, terrible, terrible day, just making up a little bit of ground today. Mm. And TPG Telecom, I mean, it was higher in early trade after the news that it had bought this uh, expanded um, bandwidth, essentially, that it's looking to, you know, you know expand its offering, mm. take on the competition. with telcos is everybody wants the cheapest possible broadband and mobile so they don't want to pay much um, there's lots of competition so everybody's fighting to be cheaper but they want brilliant service got very low return on equity it's been below 10% for the last three years well below 10% uh, earnings aren't really growing and uh, the debt's gone up and now another 128 million which they're going to fund out a debt facility so Debt's going to go up some more. But taking on more debt right now, like, what are you doing? So I understand they're trying to be competitive, but during the Optus outage and the um, the cyber attacks that have been really plaguing in space recently, TPG hasn't really um, been the beneficiary of switching. It's more Telstra is getting, Vodafone's getting Optus clients. And so TPG is not really on the forefront of many, uh, many consumers in Australia. So for me, it's a definitely an avoid. Let's get to someone who never role plays, uh, Kyle Rodder from Capital.com. Your take, Kyle, on uh, market action, I guess, driven by a lot of the, the weakness in commodities. Yeah, certainly today, although I guess it's been uh, a marginal pullback after what's been, um, I suppose, a little bit of an uplift over the last few days. We have seen sort of much quieter price action um, in, in Asia, of course, and, and activity has been a lot lower. So, um, you know, it's hard to take any kind of signal from perhaps um, what we've heard uh, or what we've seen today. But I mean, I think there is a general level of optimism that perhaps, um, you know, some of the measures that China is implementing, both from a fiscal point of view, um, flagging obviously um, a far greater intent, both in terms of uh, its growth target, as well as um, the, the sort of deficit spending that uh, the, the country ought to embark on to try and boost demand. Um, but probably more specifically, the last few days, um, this kind of extensive list of Chinese developers, one of which is Country Garden, that is eligible for financial support um, as effectively, you know, uh, the country over there tries to um, uh, stabilise uh, what has been a very precarious situation, a huge risk to financial stability. So we have seen, of, of course, that, that pullback in some of those commodity names. There is that energy story um, to, to, to things as well, where, you know, there's some sort of delay of, of the weekend's OPEC meeting and sort of concern that maybe there might be um, some divisions as to, you know, what sort of um, shape the production cuts take, whether it's a, an extension, a deepening of cuts, or maybe, you know, cuts at all, obviously weighing on oil prices. Uh, but overall, it has to be said, fairly marginal uh, moves in, in the context of things. And, and we're certainly just following what is fairly sluggish price action in futures in the United States, as well as the broader Asian region, which is also thinned, of course, too, by a, um, a public holiday in, in Japan. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, we had a good chat with Vivek Dar from Commonwealth Bank. He's their commodity strategist, and he was just talking about some of the papering that's going on in China over the property sector, but he thinks that there's still too much enthusiasm baked into expectations for steel prices. So that interview is up online if anybody would like to take a little listen. Um, what are we expecting tonight? Not much, I would assume, with the U.S. on holidays for Thanksgiving. Yeah, can't give you much there, unfortunately. I don't think we're going to see much at all. It might be fairly boring for the next couple of days um, in, in at least global markets with obviously, yeah, the Thanksgiving uh, Thanksgiving holiday. But I mean, we do get those flash PMIs out of Europe and, and they will be reasonably fascinating because um, although uh, both the services and uh, manufacturing PMI figures are expected to show a little bit of an uplift in activity over the month or compared to the previous month, effectively, we're still seeing Europe in, in recession-like conditions. Uh, the probably interesting element of that will be whether it actually inspires, you know, hypothetically, if, if, if we do get a slight downside miss in the figures, whether it does inspire any sort of level of volatility in the markets, uh, FX markets in particular, especially given the price action that we've seen in the US dollar over the last couple of days. A bit of a blip last mm -hmm. night with um, clearly that um, University of Michigan um, survey raising concerns about, you know, expectations around inflation, along with, you know, the jobless claim numbers showing that, you know, the labour market over there is still reasonably robust. The dollar's gains didn't really hold throughout the day and suggest that Although maybe, you know, there's an element of higher for longer there and, you know, rate cuts uh, or the, the um, aggressiveness of rate cuts are being priced out for next year. The peak is still in as far as the markets are concerned right now when it comes to, to US rates. And that is weakening the US dollar, boosting the, the, the euro and the like as well. So uh, that's probably going to be the highlight of, of the calendar, albeit, you know, where we're probably going to have um, a, a fairly mooted open tomorrow morning, uh, barring any sort of shocking event just by virtue of the fact Wall Street is offline. You know, speaking of Thanksgiving, I had a really interesting chat to Peter Maguire who had some data on the fact that every time Thanksgiving is around this specific day, yeah. November 22, 23, you see really big moves in the market, which I found fascinating. You can find that online as well. But speaking of currency moves, Kyle, because the Aussie dollar is rising against the greenback, of course, reflected in what you mentioned about the greenback weakness there, but also these expectations that our RBA is going to move again. And how did you read Michelle Bullock's comments, particularly on this homegrown inflationary picture? Well, I mean, I suppose really, first of all, it's, it's it goes back to what every central bank is trying to do at the moment is create op optionality. Um, and I think that the obviously um, the key difference between what, what um, Governor Bullock said last night versus what we've been hearing from from other central banks is that, you know, almost by virtue of the fact that they've sort of lagged behind the pack in terms of um, the level of um, how, how aggressive they've been with with their um, tightening, is that maybe there is still a tweak or two to go before uh, they can put the queue in the rack and, you know, we can effectively join the rest of the world and the markets can expect the RBA to join the rest of the world and, and obviously pause for, for, for a period. Um, but I mean, you, what you effectively got from, from the governor was a, a fairly clear um, and, you know, um, a, a litany really of, um, of, of um, I guess, evidence as, as to why inflation in Australia is, well, um, concerning, perhaps a little bit sticky, and that why, although the drop that we've seen in price pressures already is probably due to the easing of supply concerns or supply factors after the pandemic, the factors now driving inflation, the reason why uh, inflation will take longer to get back to target is because of what she effectively described as homegrown uh, concerns and that sort of services, um, uh, uh, inflation, uh, labour utilisation, still signs of really strong demand um, 
amongst households. So again, it sort of shifted the curve a little bit last night. It probably got overlooked a little bit in, in um, overnight um, trade and in price action that we saw in European and US markets just because the US data sort of washed things out. But if you look at the way that the bond market behaved today is that we saw a bit of a, um, a lift at the front end of the yield curve. We've got now um, the uh, futures markets implying a cash rate of around 4.5% by March, April next year. So that implies somewhere around a sort of a two and three chance that we could get another hike. And that's really why we saw the Aussie dollar sort of drift higher today. And, you know, if you add to that, you know, iron ore prices are around 130 bucks, whatever they are at the moment. And, you know, broadly speaking, global market sentiment is reasonably robust. Um, along with the, the, the weaker dollar narrative, um, it, it is giving a fair bit of support to the Aussie right now. Right. So, Kyle, um, when you think about key themes toward the end of the year, um, you know, we've got this M&A activity still happening. Uh, do you think we're going to start to see more of a focus on small caps and on growth stocks as we go toward, you know, this Christmas period? The small cap story will be fairly interesting because it'll tell us a lot about whether what we're seeing, I think, in the markets right now is just by virtue of multiple expansion from uh, lower rates at the, the, the long end of the curve and how much of it is to do with, you know, potentially a little bit of optimism about the growth outlook next year and maybe some prospect of a soft landing. For me at the moment, you know, and of course, if you do look at what's been driving Wall Street's rally, a lot of it has been those large mega cap, high quality growth stocks that too tend to benefit in times where obviously uh, long, long end rates are coming down and that maybe there's also a dash for quality uh, ahead of some kind of more precarious or uncertain economic environment. We've seen a lift in um, small caps, but not perhaps to the same extent, certainly not some, you know, indicating yet that there's, you know, any uh, sort of soft landing perhaps on the horizon in, in the United States. So um, it'll be more of an indicator to watch for expectations going forward for the market uh, as to what 2024 holds, whether it's this is just um, almost a mechanical uplift in valuations on the basis that um, we're pricing in rate cuts now, but a slowdown will eventually come and that will have to manifest in earnings, or whether the markets are actually fairly optimistic about the growth outlook. Um, and at that point in time, you can see sort of small caps start to, to sort of move higher as well. So uh, it is a wait and see. I, I think the form is probably more likely to be the case. I think the earnings outlook is deteriorating next year and small caps would therefore underperform. Uh, but again, um, the, the jury's out a little bit and, and it'll be interesting to see how we go as we trade into the last sort of seven, seven weeks uh, of, of the year. Crazy, there's only that many weeks left. Kyle, thank you as always. Kyle Rodder from Capital.com. See you, Kyle. All right. So, leaders, laggards, what did lead this market in stock-specific news? AMP, yeah, yeah, there right. we go. 6.8%, we discussed that. Link administration looking good as well. Life360 was on the call today as one of the picks. Oh, now, I'm not yeah. saying that's why it moved, <laughs> but there was quite the feisty debate going on between Grady and Howard, but up by 3.4%. And I think down at EDI, did they have their AGM? Possibly. I feel like they did. Um, and, of course, uh, Helios, we discussed coming back. Looking at the laggards, though, in the space, and, uh, you know, we bit now also had an AGM, so it was under pressure, down 4%. Yeah, and Star Entertainment Group, well, we've had that um, pokey tax decision earlier in this week, and really it's just been a basket case as of late, hasn't it? When we get to some of the small cap movers, I actually spoke with the CEO of um, Close the Loop today, which is one of the best what performers. They well, they basically recycle and reuse mostly a sort of electronic stuff. So today there was news that they had signed a multi-year deal with HP mm. in the United States, which could extend to other geographies. It's on a revenue share deal. They also held their AGM. So talking about growing profits and revenue and paying down debt. So yeah, you can go online and listen to that interview on the small caps, 
dot au. Uh, flip side, though, there, Juliet, up in discounted cap raise. It's been a, it's just been a terrible story for mm. for shareholders. At one time, it was. Do you remember we used to talk? You might have been in Singapore. We used to talk about the wax stocks. You know, the I, I do Wise Tech, Appen, LTM, and no. anyways, Appen used to be, you know, one of one of the thangs of Australia. Oh. oh, how the mighty have fallen! And yeah, shareholders, if you're one of them, I do feel for you. It's been in a downgrade cycle for just so long. I have to say, speaking of Singapore, being out of Australia for nearly a decade, you come back, the market has changed. I, I don't recognize a lot of those companies. Six Smiles, Dentist? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> but again, I think that's new. I don't even think they would have existed no. when you were here. No. We couldn't tell it by your smile, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Let's see what's dentist. on <laughs> tomorrow. Um, oh no, this is tonight. So we've got the PMIs. Yes. So that's in Europe yep. and then UK. Yes. And Thanksgiving, get the turkey out or not, according to the Ozempic factor. There was a really interesting article, I think, on Bloomberg that Thanksgiving is going to be really, you know, dull for a lot of people. They won't Uh be eating all of those delicious foods like marshmallows on top of... uh, Mashed potatoes, pumpkin, pumpkin pie, pie, yeah, pecan pie. Oh, you know there is something good about a Thanksgiving dinner, particularly when it's cold outside. And then you go and lie down and have a little nap now afterwards. And watch the Macy's parade. All right, let's flip it over and have a look at tomorrow. New Zealand retail sales for the third quarter. Japan CPI. Kyle mentioned they were on holiday today. The German IFO investor confidence for November will come out in the evening, and then a bunch of AGMs as we continue AGM season. Uh, the NICE closing. Oh, well, of course that is Thursday. Yeah, I think well, that's, I think that's, yeah, that's yeah. today. Yeah. Um, you know what else is on tomorrow, Julia? Um, the last call. <laughs> the last call is on tomorrow. So You're getting those flies again in the yeah. studio. All right, there All we right. go. <laughs> Yeah, six tenths of 1%. The last call is on tomorrow. So 3.30. Yeah. Meet us. I'll be there. Yeah, this program's actually, um, yeah, it gets pushed around a little bit tomorrow. But we will recap the week. We'll have a bit of a chat. We'll have a bit of a laugh. We might have a little bit of a tipple. Thanks to our our, uh, partners, Australian Vintage, uh, which was also a stock mentioned on the call today, Mm. incidentally. Wow. All right. Busy day. Very busy day here. We'll be back again tomorrow. But, of course, have you ever wondered about the secret to success in stock picking? Uh, Well, I have, in fact. Um, Lucky enough, we've got the stock doctor wanting to share some of their secrets with you, so to speak. So Daniel Ortiz, you've seen him many times here. They will be answering your questions. I think I've forgotten to put what date it is. It's next Thursday at 11 a.m. It's free. You know that we provide everything to you free. You're welcome. Ausbiz.co forward slash stock doctor. So yeah, if you want to hear how they pick stocks, what filters they use, you can join this free investor event next Thursday 11. But if you can't make the lifetime, of course, we make it available as catch up as well. Indeed. All right. Tomorrow, busy day. The last call, as we mentioned, we will see you then. See you.